Welcome to 7 Days to Play, your weekly mobile game review program. I am Sam. And I'm Edwin. Each week we challenge one another to play a new mobile game, and this week it was my turn. I chose Earth Atlantis. Earth Atlantis. Uh, is it Earth? Is it Atlantis? Is it Who knows? It's both. It's, it's, a, it's a mix of both. Yeah. And they, they take their time to explain it every time you play the game. Something about the world's become taken over with sea creatures. Something. <laughs> Earth Atlantis is a 2017 side-scrolling action game from Pixel Perfects. Perfects. Mm. Uh, they are an indie studio in Thailand. Uh, originally came out on some consoles and then released on iOS in July 2018. Allow me to read the description from the Apple App Store. Apple App Store. Apple. The Apple App Store. Mm, Apple App Store. Okay. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm getting delirious. Let's get past all the shenanigans awards yeah plenty of awards okay Mm -hmm. earth atlantis is a oh well it turns out their their blurb is much like mine earth Mm. atlantis is a side-scrolling shooter with a original monster hunting gameplay sam do you know what monster hunting is in quotation marks um is that like monster hunter see monster hunter is a very unique it's monster hunter is a very popular game on the consoles and now on the pc Mm -hmm. uh with a very unique gameplay that is not like this the monster hunter that they're the monster hunting that they're saying here okay i think what they mean by monster hunting in this aspect is just like boss fights right mm. yeah, so see. the boss yeah, fights okay. happen really... to be monsters okay well just being the uh the game weenie i wasn't understanding if monster hunting was the thing Search and hunt down dreadful sea monsters and explore the post-apocalyptic underwater world. Unlock multiple ships with special weapons and abilities for your journey and become a legendary hunter! Exclamation mm. point. The great climate shift. Oh, here's the, here's the little blurb you get here's at the beginning of each day, in which mm-hmm. you, dear listener, are going to get now as well. The great climate shift. Ah, uh, you know, in... In quotes. Thank you. That's what the name of this punctuation <laughs> that I'm seeing struck at the end of the 21st century. 96, very accurate, percent very. of the Earth's surface is underwater. Human civilization has fallen. Machines have adopted the shape and form of marine animals. Somehow. The ocean is, the ocean is full of creature-machine hybrid monsters. You are a hunter, quotation marks, and the new journey begins. Mm. Game features! A visual side scrolling <laughs> shooter with monster hunting objective, unique old sketching visual style, two game modes, three new difficulty settings designed for casual to hardcore players, four playable ships with unique weapons, 25 large monsters, and four enemy ships to hunt down with nine special events to complete. It's very specific about all of their um, yeah, different cool. items available. <laughs> I kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It is interesting because, like the the game Monster Hunter, so I can see like what they're trying to allude to this. So, Monster Hunter, uh, the the game game is that's normally available in like consoles and all that stuff. Um, that game features this re these really big monsters that's very difficult to fight. It takes a long time to fight them, mm-hmm. right? Um, and each monster kind of behaves very differently from one another. They have a very unique fighting style that you need to sort of learn the patterns and understand how to fight them in order for you to defeat them mm-hmm. comfortably. So I can see that aspect for this, right? Where, you know, these bosses that you face in this side-scrolling game, 
are these like big sort of set piece creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, because it's a side side scrolling shooter, like they're very limited to what side scrolling shooters can do. But they do have their own like distinct attacks and different fighting styles, which I think that's what it's alluding to. It's like you need to get to know them, you need to get to understand them in order to defeat them accordingly. Yes, I also wonder if that flavor text was written before Monster Hunter came out. Mm-mm. Monster Hunter has been around for a very, very long oh, time. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Perhaps there were that flavor text before I had heard of Monster Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably explains Yeah, I think, I think okay. it is kind of like just alluding to the fact that you need to be familiar with what type of monster it is and, you know, like each one of these bosses have like a different name. Right, which is very much in the style of Monster Hunter. Yeah, um, but they also say it's Monster Hunting, right? Mm-hmm. To to avoid any infringement. Yes, and it's in quotation marks, which, right. as we know, yeah. is the perfect legal sidestep for any kind of <laughs> <laughs> arbitration. This is, as you said several times, a side-scrolly shooter game. You control mm-hmm. a submarine uh, D-pad on the left to control up, down, left, right. Uh, mm-hmm. you can tap on the right-hand side of the screen. Wait, did I get that? Yes, I got that right. Good. Mm-hmm. Side note, I don't know left from right. Uh, <laughs> you can tap on the right side of the screen to kind of flip your direction because the generally speaking, the heavier firepower will be shooting from the front of your ship. So tapping will just flip uh, across the horizontal axes, uh, whether the, the big guns are shooting left or right. And you are pooping out some bullets from your the backside of your submarine as well. Yeah, yeah so firing is automatic, and you never run out of bullets. So really, mm-hmm. this is there's no not much strategy there. It's all about dodging bullets, being right. a real dodger, bullet dodger, bullet dodger. <laughs> Sounds like a British insult. <laughs> it does. Always oh, right, bullet dodger. <laughs> Get that bullet dodger. <laughs> Uh, have you played these kind of shoot 'em ups, uh, side-scrolling shoot 'em ups before? Not really. I think most of my experience was. Uh, maybe it's. The, I mean, it's only the top-down shooters, but do you know what I mean? Like where you're just you're like essentially a spaceship, and you kind of dodge left and right, but the forward motion is kind of controlled for you. Right. So I played so, a bunch of those kind of games, but this kind of has more of a maze mechanic. Yeah, which I, and. I'd say, yeah. you know, they, there, is, there has been, like, side-scrolling shoot-em-ups as well for a really long time. So if you think about games from the early Atari days, like Defender, mm, I don't yeah, know if that vaguely. rings a bell. Name familiar, I never had an Atari. Um, if you had a Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, games like Gradius or even R-Type are also very <laughs> popular side-shooters. Nope, sadly, um, my dad never let us have a, have a console. <laughs> he was all about those right. PCs, building right. himself. So I think, I think um, this kind of plays homage to those games. But the interesting thing that they do here is a very expandable map where you can kind of go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it kind of does feel uh, like a mix between a side-scrolling game that, you know, normally they infinitely go to the right or to the left, right? Yeah. Um, but this one kind of feels like almost a Metroidvania where there's different rooms and caverns that you can discover um, that you kind of have to like defeat the boss in order to proceed to like the next area. So it kind of feels like a good hybrid between those two types of games. Yeah. Should we talk about the kind of maze aspect of this, mm. which kind of took me right. a while to realize was kind of the main part of the game. I kind of went into this thinking, oh, it's mostly just a shooter 
bullet dodger. Mm. Uh, but it actually turns out that most of the gameplay is really sort of navigating and learning these maps. You get a little mini map in the top left corner, which again took me a while to figure out exactly what that is and like how that relates. Um, cause it doesn't actually show you the layout of the map. It just shows you, oh, sorry, the layout of the level. It just shows you ooh, where the big bosses are and your position in relation to the containing square. So you kind of need to navigate the maze yourself, but at least you know, oh, I should be going left and down right. to try and find this boss. And then you kind of have to figure out how to get to that boss, you know, with right. like your surrounding area. So if you see like, oh, I see that there's this boss towards my left side, uh, but like you can't really get there because of a cavern. Like you kind of have to think about, okay, like can I swoop around this way and get there? But you're right. Like the mini map doesn't really show you. It um, does not show you the terrain. Get there. It's right. more like a sonar blip mm-hmm. of enemies and you. Right, and did you did you ever understand what the what the smaller dots meant? Because there's like two sets yeah. of dots. There's like it clearly shows you where the boss is with like sort of two swords crossing each other. Right, which is strange because there's no swords in the game at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, well, maybe later on, maybe you get to fire swords out of your submarine. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that was like okay. Here's, here's the boss, and there's a bunch of other dots. Yeah, right. That's that confused me because. They're very similar to the dot that is your submarine, which right. is the same size, same color, same shape as a dot, but is pulsing. And so several times I'd find myself, hang on, like there should be a boss here. And it turns out, no, I was just looking, I was on the <laughs> other side of the map and uh, had lost track of which one was my submarine and which one was these mysterious other dots. I right. assume it's just like the medium level bad guys. I don't know. It never really... It was never like a one-to-one because I'd get to the dots and I thought it would either be some Ooh, sort of treasure yeah, thing. Yeah, because there are treasure like boxes, treasure thing? right? Yeah. Which... It might be that. Yeah. Now, Sam, did you ever work out what the difference between M, P, and H was when the, you either defeated an enemy or opened a crate? You would get little bubbles, which you then collected, and they gave you some kind of power-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whenever you destroy like a certain kind of like a normal bad guy, right? Like one of the fodder bad guys. <laughs> it sends you... And this this kind of goes into the convention of like those normal side scroller shoot-ups. Mm-hmm. Like if you got a P, that's just a regular power-up, right? If you get an H, that's like a homing missile. Oh, I thought that was right? sort of health. But I was just <laughs> yeah. assuming this. Okay, yeah. And then if you get like an S or a B that either means like spread shot or like a blast Mm, thing. Okay. If you get an L that usually means laser. Right. And I think there is an E for electricity. Oh, I did get that once. It spreads out from, from your submarine to the other creatures. Right. Yes. You get to do a little bit of, uh, Senator Palpatining. (laughs) Rip. (laughs) Um, Normally in games like this, like you can get multiple power ups with a P, right? And that uh, allows you to increase your your either the rate of fire or the amount of bullets that you fire from the front side. Right. Um, and the more that you get, like it can it can level up to I think like five or six bullets you shoot at a time, and like this huge uh, row of bullets. Um, and then like you might get additions from the backside as well. So. You're, you're fully protected. And I think like the way that the hit points work, like if you got enough damage, you'd kind of lose these power-ups every once in a while. Mm. 
Um, and the game was good about like allowing you to collect them back up, right? Uh, so every once in a while, if you got hit, like a little P power up would escape your submarine. You had, I think, about like two or three seconds to go and collect it again mm-hmm. uh, before it disappeared forever. Otherwise, you'd have to go and find other fodder to get that power up again. But I thought yeah. that was a pretty good system of making sure the gameplay moved forward. Did you unlock hunter mode or wait, quest mode? Wait, which one of the ones? Because basically, you need to- quest mode is what you start with. Okay, so you need to complete a certain amount of that, and then that unlocks hunter mode. Right. I was not able to, <laughs> okay. mainly because I'm going to get to one of the bad points I'll be talking about later is that I don't think I ever got to a save point. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought I was progressed well enough, especially in my first time, my, the first day of playing this. I, I probably played a good, like, 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah. Defeated three bosses. You got to feel good about that. Yeah, and then, you know, my power, my ship was super powered up, so I had pretty much everything max in terms of all the P's, <laughs> and I had, like... Give me them P's. You know, right, and I think I got, like, the electricity or something, like, two or three times, which allowed it for a stronger electricity bolt every time it fired, Ooh, right? A real power. So those can stack as well. Mm-hmm. Only thing is, like, once you have it set to electricity and you got a few power-ups... If you then got an H or some other missile, uh, it would kind of reset to that, and you'd lose your electric ability, which kind of was a bummer, right? So you had to avoid getting it once you got to something that you liked. But you can still continue to get more Ps, which was the general power-up. So that aspect wasn't clear. The not save points or how to power-up? Oh, how to power up okay. but yeah the not save points though mm, getting back to that yeah uh because i couldn't find any way to sort of save my progress i thought it would be an automatic save <laughs> uh sam have you learned nothing from the previous three years of the show <laughs> <laughs> which baffles me because this seems like a game where you want to make progress you're unlocking parts of the map Right. If these were randomly generated maps, I think that'd be more understandable. But from my experience of playing this game, like it seems like the map layout is yeah, identical. So I think they're like the learning, time, especially for quest mode. Yeah, learning the map, I think, is sort of part of the gameplay. And we should say, once you defeat right. a boss, some part of a wall breaks down and kind of unlocks another part of a of the map for you. Yeah, I think I also experienced this. I think this kind of belies the fact that this was a console game originally, and this was reported over, but. But even then, like, there should be some sort of autosave. Yeah, I feel, yeah. yeah. Kill three in a row, and I was like, well, I spent 10 minutes doing this. <laughs> Time out. I'll just pause. Right. I even t- pressed pause, yeah. and then come back and, oh, nope, back to the start points, you go. Like, the game was fun, but I just wanted to, like, this level should not be this long. I killed, yeah, like, after the third boss, I was like, oh, surely this is the end of the level. I'm feeling pretty good about this. Yep. Nope, carry on. Yeah, <laughs> still I still mean, trapped you can Especially on mobile, you can't expect people to play more than like 15 minutes, I think. With my attention span? Seven (laughs) minutes maximum. Right. Yeah, it might be a remnant of the fact that this used to be a console game where, you know, you're probably sat down for at least 30 minutes to an hour, right? Um, (laughs) In your sweet gaming chair. (laughs) But yeah, this, that was probably like the biggest downfall of this game. Shall we get to the three by threes? Let's get to the three by threes. Edwin. Three things good and three things that displease. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to say it. Should we just say it together? 
it looks really nice. It looks great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, the, the art style. And I think I forgot how they called it. It was like old sketching, old sketching. It does feel like one of those, uh, ancient parchment maps, mm. right. With the brown paper and yep. kind of scribbles on it. But I think the way they implemented it was really unique because it's not actually 2D. It's actually uh, like the sketching style on 3D objects. So even like on the background, they did a really good job of like showing parallax and depth to Mm. your surrounding areas. Um, And then like there was this nice little fade out the deeper like sort of like uh, objects that were more away from you. So it did feel like it was kind of like that underwater uh, hazing that happens yeah. on objects that are far away, right? So, and this this was really cool on like the creatures as well. You kind of got the scale of the creatures. Um, like sometimes they would turn around and their tails would be away from you. And whenever that happened, like that hazing effect would also show up. And so parts of their bodies would kind of be faded off in the background. And that looked really mm-hmm. cool. Like it really showed like their scale and everything. So definitely great art style that lended itself to the, the vibe of like discovery. <laughs> uh, second good point. Um, it's a solid shooter, right? Like I think if you like games like uh, uh, R-Type or Gladius, is it Gladius <laughs> or Gra- Gradius? Gradius. You could say anything right now and I'd agree. <laughs> with, with like this power-up systems and a thing that actually works for mobile which is the the auto shooting like that definitely worked out and i i i felt like you know during my time with it i had a good time playing it yep that was exactly my second good point the auto fire endless bullets i think was a nice um yeah game mechanic so just you could just focus on learning and dodging Mm you learn and dodge (laughs) i'll also say that there is plenty of levels (laughs) <laughs> there is a lot of gameplay there if you enjoy this kind of thing and you're not too um well your time is not too fragmented and you can sit down for maybe 20 30 minutes to right blast through a whole level it did seem like a fully fledged game right so if you're able to get to an actual save point or something i'm yeah pretty sure you'll have a good time with it and i've and i from what i've read i think the hunter mode is actually more mobile friendly is more mm. quicker quicker gameplays but uh, I did not get there. Yeah, I wasn't able to open it up. Which I think, um, uh, interesting choice. Maybe if you're targeting mobile users, then you just put them straight into hunter mode. Yeah. But still. Or have that as the first option, just to try it out, right? Like get people the, the feeling of what yeah. this game is about. Yeah, I agree. Last good point is, I like the aspect that it felt like a Metroidvania game, where it was, you're unlocking parts of the maps and making progress. Um, but ultimately, I think this also became kind of a negative point. Mm, what a segue, Sam. Because <laughs> to the three things bad, my first bad point is it was really hard to find a, a proper save point that allowed me to save my progress. Yeah. Um, and especially with something that you're unlocking parts of the map on a mobile device, you want that save to be rock solid. And I felt like I just lost my progress all the time that I was playing it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that was also my first bad point. I also wanted to talk about the controls a little bit. Mm. Because I don't know I don't know if you have the same experience, but there was something about the controls, about moving, 
that mm. felt strange, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. At first I thought, oh, just a disconnect that they have all this, oh, you're underwater, you're a submarine, yet your movement is very precise in a way that it right. wouldn't if you were actually underwater. Like, you, you'd still have momentum of moving, and, like, it would take a while, kind of like like the spaceship in Asteroids. You know, it's, like, yeah. deliberately um, s- slow-moving or slow to respond mm-hmm. to your changing like directions. Like, it's actually part of the gameplay. Yeah. Um, I thought it was maybe that, but I don't know. There's some... I just remember being a little surprised by the controls when I first, first started playing. I don't know if you had that same thing. I think they put that... Um, as a deliberate thing, because mm-hmm. I think some of the other ships have a, a faster response time, like a faster movement speed uh, with less maybe power, right? Yeah. So um, adding some variability into different ships, that might have been an aspect to it, but I I didn't really have a problem with it. It okay. felt like, you know, sometimes these games, you don't want a one-to-one super immediate reaction because then either it becomes too easy or it becomes like an unrealistic, like uh, a semi not realistic feeling game. I don't know if that's even possible in a game like this, <laughs> but yeah, okay. I think, I think oh, it was maybe just me, to me. It didn't, yeah, it didn't cause a big problem, okay. um, but I hear you. There was an option um, to show the D pad on screen, which I turned on just to see. And that mm. sort of just having that little visual cue kind of maybe helps a little bit. Right. I suppose. Yes. I don't know. The controls somehow felt, strange in a way I can't yeah. describe for me. But. <clears throat> I think the right side tap for the button to flip around was kind of different for me mm-hmm. um, rather than it being some sort of uh, a special ability. But overall, like I got used to that pretty quickly as well. Yeah. Um, my, my next bad point is that this, you only had one life <laughs> in this game. Yeah. And when you died, it, you would start from the beginning. <laughs> Oh, it's l- just like a real roguelike. Right. <laughs> but I don't think it, it would have been the case if you had a save point, if if I finally was able to get to that save point. So mm. this might be a little bit telling of how far I progressed in the game, but I never got to a save point. Right. Well, it, do, it does tell you when you're on the start, on the start screen how far you've... Yeah. Your I, percentage, a, I think, right? Is that right? Right. Yeah, I, I think I've... Maybe gotten to like maybe fifteen percent. Let's see. Oh, look at you! Bloop bloop. Hmm? Ooh. Oh no, it's a target list. I don't know what target list means, but yeah, five point three percent completed. Yeah, I, I see. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like it shows you. Huh? I don't know what target list is. Oh, it shows you which baddies you've killed. Oh, I see. I just have a lot of no data for all of this. Mm. Oh, wait, here we go. Oh, I have to scroll all the way down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mega I've encountered wrong. I've encountered three monsters. I've only killed two, apparently. So my target list is 5.3 completed. So it's interesting that they, they're keeping track of which monsters you've destroyed, yet they're not keeping track of where you are <laughs> in a level. <laughs> Shame on them. Sam, what is your um, final seven-day rating? Final seven-day rating is three days. Mm-hmm. First day, I was able to make a lot of progress. Uh, you know, felt good about the game. Thought I'd saved it. Next day, I came back to it. Very disappointed that I had to start from the beginning. <laughs> uh, disheartened. Still played it a little bit. Um, didn't get very far as much as the, the third, uh, as much as the first 
uh, round, and then the third day, it was just me verifying that it didn't do any sort of savings. <laughs> and then after that, just I was so you very could get disheartened. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It uh, could have easily been a two days, but I think the gameplay stood up enough yeah. where I wanted to give it another try, but because of the bad saving system, I just couldn't go any further. Yeah, three day from me as well. I think mm. if, you, if you know you like side-scrolly, shooty, bullet dodgers, and also know that you have time to sit down for maybe 20, 30 minutes right. at a go to finish out these levels, definitely check it out. Yeah, I think if you definitely have more time to... if. You know, if you're, if, patient, if like you're the type to, yeah, if you have the time to actually play through a game like this, like I definitely check it out. It's a great side scroller with that Metroidvania aspect of unlocking different parts of the map. It's uh, it's a good one. Well, Sam, that was my choice, which means in a time honored tradition, it falls to you to pick our next game. <clears throat> As is tradition of seven days to play, I will be selecting a new game. And Edwin, you have seven days to play. Yes, yes, yes. Disney's oh. Sorcerer's Arena. Disney's Sorcerer's Arena. Oh. Let me let wow. me read you the description. Disney oh it's Disney Sorcerer's Arena. <clears throat> it oh, says I see. Uh, Disney Sorcerer's. <laughs> Disney Sorcerer's Arena. Disney Sorcerer's Arena. Disney Sorcerer's Arena. <laughs> and the tagline says Disney slash Pixar RPG. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> is that... It seems to be the type of game and also the publisher in one. Mm-hmm. So I figured out what the name... You know those games that we've played where it gives you like this collection of stuff that you need to collect? And, mm-hmm. uh, like Cat Combo like, 2? No, no, no. More like that soccer game that we played, the oh, Captain Tsubasa, or yes, like even uh, that bowling crew game where you have to, you know, it gives you like these items that you have to unlock, right? Yeah. So they're called gacha games. Which oh, is you've explained reference, this to me before. Yes, but tell me again. Gacha Which uh huh. It's yeah. uh, it's in reference to Gachapon, which is the I listen to you occasionally, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> it's an automatopoeia uh, of you know those little balls that you collect in like arcades or uh, like crane games where you know you put in coins, you turn a knob, and then like a little ball appears. I don't know if you had them in the UK, but one of the more popular Gachapons were little muscle men. Do you know muscle men? Mm. No, I don't think so. They're like little, uh, um, like little wrestling figures from a cartoon, but mm, okay. They were also Not like familiar. a toy where they came in like little eggs, and you wouldn't know what was what were in those eggs, and then you open them up, and it'd be like one of the like Mister Muscle uh, figures, oh, like the Muscle wrestler figures, mm, um, okay. and it was like this this notion of like, oh, okay, I can collect, I can collect them and like have my set of Mr. Muscles. And, you know, every, every once in a while, like every month or so, they'd have a new set of, uh, these eggs that you can, you can collect from. And so they've translated that over to like, um, an electronic, uh, like a game where you get this like prize and then you don't know what you're going to get from it. And you start to collect them and, and raise their powers and all that stuff. So that's, that's, uh, finally figured out that that's the the genre of games it's like these gacha games mm, 
okay. And is that what this is? This is kind of like what that is, but I think there's a little bit more of a gameplay element to it. Um, mm-hmm. There is like a little bit of strategy and battle involved, like a, a role-playing game. Mm, uh, but ooh. I think by and large, they're kind of, um, you know, indexing on the Disney and Pixar characters. Yep, use that IP if you got it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, and it is turn-based as well. Ah, interesting. So, Edwin, you have seven days to play Disney Sorcerer's Arena from Glue Games. Oh, Glue Games. Now, Sam, we had a pillow talk last week. We did. And boy, Where do we? I have some <laughs> more pillow talk. <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Um, so, I think last week we left off, I suggested a buckwheat husk pillow, which yes. you may or may not enjoy. Right, we had a link to it in the show notes. That was a specific one you recommended. The made in Albuquerque. Mm. Keeping keep it keep it in the country, keeping it keeping it all American. Keeping it uh, husky. <laughs> <laughs> I can say now that I've ordered a second one because they are they was mm. very popular in my household. Oh, interesting. The boyfriend also wants one now. So we now fight over the single one we have. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> the the, the be, cylindrical uh, one. The cylindrical buckwheat pillow. This oh, is, yes, wow. Sam, once again, you have changed my life. One of these, <laughs> it's just one of these revelations where you're like, why is this just not the way that it is done? Kind of like, I guess, using a bidet or typescript or <laughs> um, <laughs> just something where you're like, wow, or breaking up your ground turkey with a wooden spatula instead of a plastic one You're like, why mm. was it why why was i not doing this a long time ago because this is truly a revelation yeah i think the buckwheat it's hard to say the buckwheat husk is kind of one of those things where like unless you've actually tried it it's yes like, wow this makes yeah. a lot of sense like it it has you can shape it to whatever you shape it right you yep. can kind of like mold it and then once you put pressure on it it kind of stays still yeah with, with just enough give that it's comfortable, but at the same time, very cooling because the air passes right through it, so you don't have a sweaty head. Yeah, this is incredible. Um, I would absolutely recommend uh, if you are if you do like a firmer supportive pillow. Um, the one that I got, or the one Sam recommended, is kind of inexpensive thirty thirty five dollars. I mm-hmm. think um, it's great. Yeah, there are two downsides or two things. Um, that was like, oh, okay, we need to figure this out. We'll figure it out. But like two things, it was like, oh, kind of a change. One, mm-hmm. I do like to sometimes slide, because I'm a side sleeper, slide my hand underneath the pillow, which I now in, in the world of a cylindrical buckwheat doesn't work quite so well or doesn't really work. So I need to find somewhere to put my, <laughs> the, the side, <laughs> my hand on the side that I'm sleeping on somewhere. Uh, so that was something. But the other thing is like... A, it's a dilemma. A, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that I'll figure out in time. Um, but the second observation is just from an aesthetic point of view, it's a very tiny mm. pillow that now suddenly your bed looks completely bizarre because you have this sort of tiny little c- cylinder where you used to have big floofy pillows. And now you're like, oh. Right. Well, I guess that's... It doesn't look quite as visually right. pleasing. And I guess you don't have like decorative pillows or anything like that, right? Despite, <laughs> despite being a gay couple, no, we do not have any decorative pillows. Because <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, normally what we used to do is if you had like a normal pillow underneath, 
Like I would put the normal pillow first and then you can put that Sobakawa pillow or like the buckwheat husk pillow like kind of either on top of it or like in front of it right where mm-hmm. the blanket yeah. sort of folds over. Yeah. And oh, that could work. But then mm. every night I'd sleep, I would just, you know, kind of chuck my normal size pillow to the to the floor, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then use yeah. the buckwheat cast. Also, so, yeah, I mean, is a straight is because you know you have these giant pillowcases that you end up sort of rolling mm. into like a burrito to, uh, yeah. to use. Uh, I have. You do have to break out that sewing machine. Mm, right. Well, to I took the lazy person's option, ones. and when I ordered the second one, they also sell covers, wash- washable covers for oh, great shape pillow. So now I've got those coming as well. In fact, I think it's got <laughs> alerts that they have been delivered. So. <laughs> Thank Amazing. you, Sam. I'm very happy that yeah, that the uh, pillow is working out for you. I'm I'm your professional pillow doctor. You really are. Yeah, contact and, me anytime. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I don't want to be too like excited about it, but or like too. Um, I don't want to ascribe too much lifestyle change to it, but I definitely feel like my upper back has been less tight than oh it has been in the past. I don't know if that's just adapting to the Placebo. new work. <laughs> Yeah, the new sort of work setup we've got set up here and stuff like that. But no, I was feeling a lot more, more, a lot more comfy. It is, I suppose the other downside is it is kind of loud. Like if you're moving mm. around on it, especially as a size, it is a, your ears. <laughs> it like is a crunch, crunchy crunch, pillow. Crunch, crunch. Yes, there <laughs> yeah. is some crunch to it. <laughs> and but some I kind of t- like it. Mm, yeah, yeah. Sort of like right? gravel. It's like walking on gravel. It's like yeah, noisy, it is but like it's a- sort of kind of comforting in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not like an odd sound. It's not an unnatural sound. I feel like it's <laughs> right. it goes into the realm of like the white noise sound, right? Yes. Yeah. Rather than like a, a water drip sound. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it is. But it's certainly louder than a feather pillow. It and is. sometimes you can smoosh your ear mm, on the, right up against it. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. But A, it makes it loud. But also after a few minutes, you're like, ow, my ear hurts a little bit. But that's just hasn't occasionally has a problem. But really. Yeah the benefits of this amazing supportive delightful pillow which i've been sleeping very well on uh far outweighs any minor ear discomfort if i put it in the wrong place have you noticed the smell not really to be honest okay. no it kind of smells like tea or like uh um mm. well it sounds delightful like, yeah like you know um leaves kind of like burnt leaves almost mm. which is nice nice natural smell Mm-hmm. I do love one problem. Smell. One problem that I had with it is sometimes it does shed a little bit of dust from all the husk sort of oh, okay. uh, rubbing against each other. Um, so just be aware for that because, like, once you put it in a pillowcase um, and you take it out of the pillowcase, there might be a little <laughs> like, bit of what is this? buckwheat dust. It's not you. It's Take-in. the it's the yeah. buckwheat. Yeah, same husks. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Edwin Husk. <laughs> well, Sam, thank you so much. Thank you, Pillow Doctor, for your advice. You're very welcome. I'm happy it worked out because there's nothing worse than getting another item for your house that doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> now, this has worked out very well. Great. Very well indeed. Thank you. Uh, before we go, Sam, do you have a thing of the week? Before that, I actually have a oh. follow-up. Um, you recommended Screen Crush of Westworld. Mm. Oh, the season one and two recap. Yes. yes. Uh, so I gave it a watch and I realized that I have watched something from Screen Crush before that you recommended as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which was really good because it reminds me a lot of... Um, I love his setup. 
right? It's like a movie store. <laughs> yes. And you're talking to the movie store guy who talks exactly like he does. You know, he's just going to like talk your ear off of everything he knows about uh, the show. <laughs> but I know because it's like well-researched and he's obviously like put this thing together. Like it's good founded information that the person has done some research on. It's not just some rando that you meet at a movie store that is wasting your time, right? But in this case, it's just a rando on YouTube. <laughs> but it is it is well done, yes. It is really well done. So I watched the, the Screen Crush recap of season one and two of Westworld. And boy, that show is crazy. <laughs> like, I thought I had a pretty good grasp on season one. But just even the stuff that they went over season one, I was like, surely this was stuff that they picked up from season two and just like reinforced for season one. But no. <laughs> this was just, and then because they were like, okay, and now let's go to season two. I was like, wait, that was just from season one? <laughs> and there was a lot of crazy stuff that I completely missed. Um, like, you know, some of the characters' mind being re-implanted into like another version of that character. And I just never caught that. Mm. Um, yeah, I think maybe there was some like jumps back in season two. But mm. yeah, because I think there's some... Chron- I've not seen season two, so I can't really talk about it. But Oh, yeah, I they did mention... Some like timeline jumps and stuff like that, which was... Gotcha. So maybe they did they, mention you know, that it is a chronological recap right. and not a yes. story recap of season one and season two. So, okay. That, okay. But maybe, yeah, then don't feel I'm so really bad about it. that because I think there were some jumps back in time. <laughs> but yeah, I totally feel like I don't need to watch season two because um, stuff got pretty crazy in season two. Um, but right. now I feel like I can actually dig into season three. So yeah. I'll be doing that. I think you need to know that the place where the human brains are stored, human knowledge, the, the forge, the forge. Yeah. And that's kind of it, I guess. I mm. guess they're all the sublime, which is robot heaven. I think, yeah, even the, the fact that who owns the company and uh, like that kind of stuff, I think was also good to catch up on. Cause I didn't really catch that when I was actually watching the series. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So have you started that's season three? Cool. Not yet. Okay. I'm going to start <laughs> okay. it. Uh, You're weekend. laying the groundwork to begin with. <laughs> so, I like it. I approve. I've prepped it. Yeah. <laughs> I think of the week actually for this week is Tiger King, which you may or may not have heard of. <laughs> Surely no one's heard of this <laughs> tiny indie documentary that has received no attention at all. <laughs> right. I don't think we necessarily need to go into the depth of it. Have you watched it, Edwin? I have watched it because I <laughs> needed to understand the internet. <laughs> I think uh, the memes that have come out of Tiger King is possibly um, what the world needed <laughs> rather than the actual documentary. The, <laughs> the Trump Joe Exotic mashup is very upsetting. That photo. <laughs> it's probably the most upsetting out of all of them. Right. There's also a Bernie and Joe Exotic mashup <laughs> meme. Which is uh, very funny. But yeah, I gave this documentary a watch. I couldn't watch more than one episode at a time. I felt right. like I, I needed to take on. a shower uh, every time I finished an episode. <laughs> but overall, very, very enjoyable. I think if you're in for a wild and crazy ride that seems to be a true story of uh, sort of lion collectors in the United States. Uh, give Tiger King a watch if you haven't already heard of it. Yeah, I'm really interested. I think, what do I think? My feelings was, I think for some, for certain, for people who live in certain parts of this country, 
this isn't going to be that shocking. I think if right. you grew up in a small town in the South, you might be like, yeah, so what? Yeah, but I know people someone, like this. <laughs> right, it's like, oh yeah, that's just like Dave down the street. Um, but for me, which is like, oh, you know, I'm queuing up for my kale bowl for that sweet green <laughs> while sipping my oat milk latte. Um, you're like, wow, this really is a completely different world. I still have this kind of problem in, not with this in particular, but generally with these sort of documentaries or like S-Town, um, you know, when white people are poor, it's like this fascinating thing. We make documentaries about it, but mm. when black people are poor, we just don't talk about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but that's not to say this is not entertaining. Um, and this certainly did divert several hours of my weekend last week. Yeah. I think it's a, <laughs> it's a very good distraction um, from everything that's happening in the world. But at the same time, like, I don't know if it's the is right it, type of distraction. <laughs> right. Is it uplifting? Like certainly if like animal cruelty is something mm. that you are sensitive to, probably not a great watch. It definitely doesn't leave you with happy vibes or inspirational things. Right. Um, but it is sort of just like uh, watching, kind of like watching a car wreck um, in that sense, but nothing too gruesome. Oh, it's just amazing. It's like how they got all these shots. They were sort of talking about this a little bit on Dubai Friday, so I'm just kind of stealing right. from there. But, um, you know, in, the, in a single documentary, there's often like one part where you're like, wow, that was so incredibly lucky that the cameras are rolling and they managed to capture this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas that happens like five times an episode. This, right. It's like, one. it's almost like this entire thing was actually documented by the documentarian, but right. it actually wasn't. So, um, they introduced like the person who's making this reality show about Joe exotic earlier on. <laughs> Who I kind of love. <laughs> yeah. He's very cynical, very real sort of guy. Right. Uh, and apparently he was the one that was doing all the, the video of right. the entire thing. Uh, that's what I thought. But then in the middle, I mean, spoilers mm-hmm. alert, there's a big fire and all of that is lost. So what are we oh. watching? You know? So, yes like not only is a fun documentary it's also kind of fun to try and puzzle how they made it that's interesting yeah yes a diverting watch i will say Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's a good way to put it what about edwin uh what is your thing of the week well my thing of the week is um i am trying to use amazon less Mm. um i think it's certainly something i've been thinking about i mean wanting to do for a while but uh recent events have now kind of pushed that to the fore and i am now trying to not just in two seconds boom buy something on amazon because it's so easy like try and find some more local suppliers or at least be a little bit more thoughtful about oh is there another business that i can use to to get this um you know i totally appreciate that amazon has very good quick turnaround and cheap mm-hmm. prices and i have the luxury of time and a well-paying job that i can kind of do that so i totally understand that yeah there's a reality that some people have to live in that's you know uh, this doesn't really make sense but yeah. i've deleted the amazon app from my phone because you wow. know they make it so easy that two taps you can just to get stuff done um and i have been kind of going through that painful sign login and put in your details for <laughs> That's such a pain in the ass. It gets so used to just like one tap and you can get stuff delivered to your mm-hmm. door. 
but now you're like, oh, I want to use local business. Oh, I've got to sign up and then put all my information in and right. sign in with Apple stuff. The Apple Pay does make that a little nicer if they support it. But anyway, that is to say, um, I have been trying to use local businesses instead of Amazon. Yeah, I think that's very noble. Um, I, I did notice myself using Amazon a lot less, especially in in the regarding like recent events. Yeah. Um, and I think it's been both of a conscious decision and sort of like a safety decision, right? Like, I mean, one thing that just really bums me out is like I go for little walks in the neighborhood and I just walk past all these little stores and mm. cafes and restaurants that I enjoy going to, and like they are they they're in this awful position. You know, the yeah. Amazons of the world, McDonald's, they can be fine. They're going to survive, and like when we come out the other side of this, what is going to be left? Mm-hmm. It's just going to be Chipotle and and Burger King, you know. Right. And you're like, well, <laughs> is that what we want? I don't know. Yeah, and <laughs> do you remember the movie Demolition Man? Of course. I was actually thinking about rewatching it the other day. <laughs> right. It actually makes a lot of sense because like everyone there aren't touching each other, right? Like when they give high fives, they do that crazy like circle high five where they're not actually touching each other. Whoa. Right? And then they have yeah. the three seashells because they're out of toilet paper. <laughs> um, when they have sex, it's like this virtual reality sex where they're not actually exchanging bodily fluids. Right? Whoa. And the only franchise or restaurant that's <laughs> existing in that world is the Taco Bell. And it's turned into like this, you know, fancy restaurant, Taco Bell. Which is now ca- Taco Bell or the Taco Bell Cantina. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fun fact, that was changed to Pizza Hut in Europe because there oh. is no such thing as Taco Bell in Europe. That's so that amazing. I want to yes, I I watch that <laughs> version. <laughs> All right, and that is our show. You have Seven Days to Play, Disney Sorcerer's Arena. Disney Sorcerer's Arena. Mm-hmm. From Glue Games. <laughs> if you want to suggest a game to us, you can tweet us at Seven Days to Play. Seven Days to Play. Seven days to play!